And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight as we shift our attention to Nevada Tiger basketball on the boys' side. Mike Harbin back with you, now being joined by Tiger head coach Sean Gray, who joined us after been a pretty good week for Nevada 2-0 in their matchups since we last visited last Wednesday. One of those, of course, at McDonald County, picking up the uh, victory on the road to finish off Big 8 West play at 63-54, and then winning at home convincingly last night on senior night, 57-22 over Reed Spring. So, uh, Sean, obviously, uh, before we break down each game, Pretty good week as uh, you continue to, I think, got things obviously going in the right direction as postseason plays right around the corner. Yeah, Mike, uh, Coach Beachler and I share an office during the school day, and I made the comment to him on my way over here. Uh, he, he said, you know, good luck on the radio. And I said, well, <laughs> it's always a good week when, when you're coming off of two wins and uh, uh, two good wins and uh, good efforts by our guys. Yeah, he hasn't always been in a good mood when he comes over here for his show. <laughs> and he do, we, we do it live. <laughs> he's coming off he's, uh, he's coming off practice, so you, you never know how that goes. <laughs> right, let's go back to uh, last Friday. He finished off Big 8 West play at McDonald County against the Mustangs. Pretty even matchup uh, going into the ball game and uh, stayed that way until you were able to pick up a 22-point fourth quarter. Yeah, it was back and forth, and we knew it. We knew it would be a, a really tight game, and I really it just took us the entire game to really find the balance that we needed um, offensively, and uh, you know, lived by the three pointer early. But then we were able to get some twos and get some free throws late. Uh, and then we talk a lot about defense leading to offense. In the first half, we had a lot of trouble with Toby Moore. Uh, we also had trouble uh, with Pacheco. But as the game went along, especially in that fourth quarter. We were able to get more in some foul trouble, and I thought that uh, really changed things for us down the stretch. Yeah, we've already talked about it a couple of times, so we don't have to rehash it, but uh, an unusual line in the first half with 27 points off in the three-point line on nine trays. But I think the key was you started developing inside play, and it certainly didn't hurt that Toby Moore had to leave the game for a while with four fouls. Yeah, goodness. I mean, you talk about Toby Moore, who at 6'4", you know, we've already talked three about. Yes, three bills. <laughs> uh, Division one type lineman. And then they started the Tuttle kid, 33, who's just a, a shorter version of him, just, just a big, wide body. And then you put Pacheco in that zone as well, who's 6'2", long, lanky, bouncy. It made inside scoring really, really difficult. And uh, we got the ball to the middle of the zone some and just could not finish around the basket. Luckily, uh, yeah, luckily those nine threes fell. <laughs> and, uh, and, and our guys did not just stick to that for the rest of the game, though. Uh, we stayed the course and continue to find balance on the offensive end. And when a guy, you know, Jack hit five in the first uh, first half, Bryce had three, I'd, I'd say there's a decent talk at halftime in the opponent's locker room about getting out to those guys, making them do something different. Uh, and then our guys were able to capitalize and make the adjustment, uh, kind of the chess match, so to speak, as the teams uh, kind of shifted the way they tried to play in the second half. All I know is that the the student section there in McDonald County is probably happy to see uh, Jack Cheney shift to the other end of the floor <laughs> for the second half because he kept hitting threes right in front of him. Yeah, uh, they do as good a job of anybody uh, at getting students out. It's a packed student section. They get loud and they get vocal, but uh, – yeah, I don't know that they had much to say. Uh, <laughs> as I don't, I th- maybe four of the five came right right in front of his bench. He, he had the one really nice one in transition mm-hmm. where Bryce drove and just kind of had the little backwards bounce pass to him right in front of their bench. But uh, Coach Joints joked after the game that uh, he's tired of seeing Jack, and uh, luckily for us, uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll get to see him for another year. Twenty six points in the game uh, for Jack Cheney to lead all scores. You had three double figures. Bryce Bud fourteen and Uche Mba twelve points, and he was a force in that fourth quarter. He was, and we've we've talked a lot. And Coach Talley's really been working with our guys on trying to drive baseline. And when you drive baseline, you you kind of metaphorically get 
you kind of get inside of their fortress, so to speak. And uh, Uche did a great job driving baseline and getting fouled. He spends a lot of time in the gym, uh, as much as anybody, extra time before and after practice shooting free throws. Good to see him convert. And, uh, you know, he's a sophomore. Sometimes, you know, we see some highs and lows out of sophomores at times. But he really does bring us a spark. And all 12 of those points in the second half as well, which were big for us. Yeah, 10 of them coming in the fourth quarter, including 4 of 4 from the free throw line. He's not the best free throw shooter in the world, but uh, came in about 54%. But uh, goes 4 of 4. In fact, as a team, very good night from the line. Yeah, man, fourth quarter free throws are so huge um, because you just you hold teams at bay or you stretch those one or two possession leads to two and three possession leads and a great job by him converting at the line and yeah by our guys in general 11 of 13 um, something something you want to see and something you have to do uh, to win games on the road especially highly competitive game six ties and 10 lead changes by my count uh, in that contest and it just seems like there's always something about uh, Nevada McDonald County games whether it's football baseball basketball whatever the sport may be we just I don't know it's just because we've been tied at the hip for so long other than a couple of years uh, when we went different directions but just uh, just seems to bring out the best in both teams yeah and I, I think blue collar communities Mike that uh, really you know have a pretty similar demographic in a lot of ways and uh, even though they've got a little larger student enrollment than we do I think the number the percentage of students that come out for sports is pretty similar and uh, yeah it doesn't matter what sport it is it seems like we're always there at the top competing for conference titles and uh, giving each other a run for their money and uh you know, hopefully we can continue to come out on the winning side like we did last Friday. Well, that they did. And uh, Nevada moving on into uh, their Big A crossover game now last night. And uh, that was against the Wolves of Reed Spring. We went to Reed Spring a year ago. They returned the favor coming up this year. And uh, Nevada, again, not very pleasant with them, <laughs> picking up the victory 57-22. Uh, and uh, one of those nights, well, obviously, it was a different night because it was senior night. Your rotations were different, things like that. But, uh, uh, but again, good night for the Tigers. And, again, certainly on the defensive end, 22 points uh, for the Wolves. Yeah, we were really pleased with our defensive effort for all four quarters. And one that's it's funny you said that about the, the abnormal lineups and, and things. One thing we, we wrote on the board um, – one thing we always write on the board is play harder. Uh, when we come back in, we want to feel like we played harder than our opponent. And and one message that I gave uh, towards the end before we took the floor was lineups come and go. Uh, generations of players come and go. And it's senior night, and it's these guys' last time possibly on this floor. And there's been a lot of guys that have played their senior night. And if, if, if nothing else ever happens on a given night – we want the Nevada Tigers to play harder. And I thought no matter who was in the game, whether it was you know, seniors that don't always get to play, whether it was sophomores um, getting more minutes than normal, whoever it was, I thought our guys were really playing hard at both ends, especially on the defensive end. And Reed Spring is a team that's in rebuild mode. Uh, they had a lot of size last year. The Caden West Weist kid that is now playing football at Missouri State. And, and they really centered things around their post presence. And now – they don't have that anymore. They're trying to rebuild. Uh, they're trying to be a matchup zone team, uh, trying to be a team that, that uh, relies on their guard play. And Our guys did a great job taking the dribble drive away and also a great job of attacking uh, that matchup zone with really good balance. So what better way uh, to have a senior night than with a good effort at both ends of the floor from 
all of our guys top to bottom in our roster. Yeah, I'm not here to tout Reed Spring, but uh, you know, uh, a young team, no seniors. Uh, you've got a good JV team, and they gave them, and their JV gave Nevada a run uh, last night. So they got everybody back who've been another year older. So we're not going to see them now, but uh, they're going their different ways over the Ozark Mountain Conference. But uh, their future might not be too bad. No, they'll be fine, and they actually have a young man, Maverick Porter, who was one of their varsity one of the few returning varsity players they had from a year ago that's been out for a few weeks now with injury and i think if they get him back for the postseason and then into next year i think they're just going to keep getting better and better and i i some teams you play you feel like when you start to get a lead they don't they, they don't play as hard or they're a little disengaged the the, the reed spring kids reeds spring kids continued to play hard and play with good effort. Uh, I thought our quickness and physicality just outmatched them a little bit. Well, Nevada gets the win 57-22. to 22. Uh, Last night it was senior night. I think we touched a little bit on that on last week's program, but uh, good memories uh, for those threes uh, and what potentially is their final home game. Yeah, and it was nice to see those guys, you know, uh, those guys finish their, their win gym career at least on a good note. And I, I looked back at the stats, which I don't think, Coach Talley has sent those out yet, but uh, we bragged on him last week yeah, about how, how good he is. But um, I know he's, he's probably he, watching the Chiefs for it. Well, he's, that <laughs> is happening, I'm sure. I know he also had some field duties this week uh, with the Cotty College mm, yes. uh, flag football stuff. But um, I look back at the stats, and you know, obviously we were able to get Derek Hoffman in the game, able to get him his, his first varsity bucket of the season, um, which our guys were excited about. But then, you know, Bryce Budd. Uh, I think he had eight or nine deflections and and uh, eight assists and four or five steals. I mean, you know, you look at his eight points, but I was looking back trying to get stats together for all conference, and I think if you were to combine deflections, steals, assists, and points, even though Bryce isn't a huge scorer, 12, 13 mm-hmm. points a game guy, if you look at everything he does across the board, man, he contributes in a lot of ways. And then Riddick, I had to laugh last night with his his senior night speech to his teammates. One of the things his advice was, you know, you guys can take a charge. It really doesn't hurt that bad. And I, again, sacrificed his body, uh, taking at least one charge last night. Made a three, made a two, had a balance line, one three, one two, two free throws. And, uh, yeah, those three – I really have left a good mark on our program, all in different ways, and are all great examples to our underclassmen of ways you can impact a team, um, no matter what your role is. So, yeah, it was a special night. Glad we got to honor them, and uh, uh, glad that they all three uh, contributed in different ways for us. I know. I think Reddick may still be feeling that charge you took from Toby Moore last Friday at Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's taken a couple through that, that really probably did hurt quite a bit but another thing i looked at when i was looking at our stats for all conferences i started to compile those we have riddick's taken like 40 charges which is the most i've ever seen from a player in a single season um but then i looked you know we have several guys that have taken four five three two and i can't help but think if we didn't have riddick on the team taking his some of those guys wouldn't be as apt to take theirs so uh just leadership the example you set, uh, that has a trickle-down effect. Well, Nevada finishes off the home schedule with a 57-22 victory against uh, the Wolves of Reed Spring. Just kind of put the, I guess, the, the bow on the Big 8 uh, this year. Obviously, you've already seen it. Uh, uh, Seneca playing uh, Logan Rogersville in Seneca last night for the overall Big 8 Conference Championship. Uh, although, I know you would like to have the opportunity to play the Wildcats. Uh, Logan Rogersville just really didn't have much too, too much trouble last night at Seneca. Gosh, uh I watched them a little bit online uh, when they were in the the blue and gold tournament. 
Um, and then I've I've seen a couple films of theirs scouting other teams, and they've got a young guard. Um, gosh dang it, uh, last name escapes me at the moment. Uh, but uh, he's related to some of the Catholic really good Catholic players that they've had over the last few years. But, man, he's a good player. He's a true point guard, Mike, that gets everybody involved. I mean, he he draws help. He creates buckets for his teammates. But then he's also a dynamic shooter from deep. Then you combine that with the fact that of their eight or nine uh, rotation varsity players, they maybe have one of those guys who's under 6'2". And, and Coach Schaefer for years has, has played that matchup zone. And when you've got that length in that zone – then you've got a dynamic player like that. It, it, it makes it makes it really really tough, and I'm I'm sure Seneca you know, battled hard and, and tried to compete. But uh, I think Rogersville definitely the overall uh, definitely the class of the Big Eight this year. Well, Nevada moves on now, and it'll be a while before they see game action. Not until Thursday, uh, the 22nd of February, a week from tomorrow, we'll wrap up the regular season at Carthage against their Tigers. Uh, final tune up before postseason play. So before we've got a couple things left to talk about. First of all, let's talk about uh, the fact you've got eight days. Uh, between games uh, with only one game left on the regular season schedule. So how do you approach that? Do you approach it like you did Christmas break? Yeah, a little bit, Mike. Um, I really believe with the length of the basketball season and the number of multi-sport athletes we have, you've got to find spots to let your guys recharge their batteries a little bit. Um, not not just physically, mentally as well. And, and uh, so as we speak, uh, we've, we've taken the, the afternoon and the evening off here on Wednesday um, just to, to let our guys – get their legs back under them. We've got several guys in Kansas City at the at the parade celebrating, which, you know, another thing we talked about before senior night was how much I appreciate we have seniors that have taken sophomores and allowed them into their inner circle. And we have guys that they don't just go home and spend time on their phones. I mean, I'll get stories about them going frog gigging and, and squirrel hunting <laughs> and sledding and then, you know, and then just – doing things that, that as a coach, it, it makes you smile to see that they spend time together um, outside of their sports as well, which I think only makes your teams stronger. And then they play multiple sports together, which is great. So we'll give them some time off here. You know, we'll, we'll have a good practice Thursday. We'll have a team meal Friday and Monday. I'll talk to the coaching staff about what we want that to look like. We won't give them both of those days off. We don't want to have too long of a break and, and get rusty. But it may be days where we just come in and get shots up um, or we just come in and, and do a light scrimmage to stay sharp. But then I think as you get into next week, you know, we play Thursday. As you get into next week, Tuesday, you ramp it back up because that's a prototypical day when you would play a game. Um, so that that will be a, a, a back to the nose to the grindstone type day where we really hit it hard. And then Wednesday, a, a normal game prep day for Carthage, who we'll talk more about next week. But that will be a great te- litmus test heading into the postseason for them. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, after after Carthage, uh, we'll just approach it as a normal season schedule so that we can try to be firing on all cylinders uh, going into the postseason. Well, the other item we'll talk about is postseason, and the seed meeting is coming up on Monday, uh, on uh, just on February 19th. Uh, we talked about that with uh, Lady Tyree Coach Blake Howarth on the previous segment. He feels he's going to be in line for the number one seed. Uh, on the girls' side, again, only a five-team district. On the boys' side, uh, it's been kind of a battle all year long, but you do fortunately has some head-to-head matchups that I know you think are going to kind of help decide things. Yeah, Mike, you look at district head-to-head, and I think I think that will be the determining factor. You've got Harrisonville, Clinton, and Pleasant Hill who are in the same conference and play a lot of the same schedule, but then St. Michael plays a lot different schedule than most. We play a different schedule, and Nob Noster plays a different schedule, but 
even though we we play a different schedule, uh, we've played everyone but Knob Noster in our district. You know, wins over Clinton, Pleasant Hill, and Harrisonville with the loss to St. Michael. So we're three and one in district play. Uh, I think St. Michael will be in line for the one seed. Uh, they're two and zero in district play. They have wins over Harrisonville and Nevada, and convincing wins at that. So I, I think they have earned that, even though their record isn't as good as a Harrisonville. Uh, maybe won't even end up with as good a record as we have. Uh, but those head-to-head wins, I think, will carry a lot of weight. Well, then you look at that being our only district loss. The team with the best record in our district will be Harrisonville, but they don't have the best district record. And we have that 20-point win over them at their place in December, which I think will carry a lot of weight, definitely something that we will lean on in the seed meeting. And then I think you you look at Harrisonville as deserving of the three seed because they have beaten Knob Noster, Clinton, and Pleasant Hill. Those first three, to me, at least in my mind, are fairly clear-cut. But then there becomes a little bit of a toss-up because you have kind of a triangular of teams that have beaten each other in Knob Noster, Clinton, and Pleasant Hill. If you look at record, Knob Noster has a much better overall record than those other two teams. Um, but I'll be interested to see what all those coaches have to say. You know, Knob's going to play a lot of Class 2 schools, Class 3 schools on, on their schedule. Uh, you know, we're, as Pleasant Hill may talk about the strength of their schedule. Uh, Clinton w- was at the bottom as far as win losses. I think they're only at four or five. Um, so, and, and but I I do think uh, Clinton has beaten Pleasant Hill recently. So uh, it, it, who knows what will happen in those bottom three? Uh, I'll definitely listen to what they have to say. And and uh, you know, head to head is what I put the most stock in, though, Mike. And I, I think at the end of the day, that's what what will determine most of the seeds. So the top two seeds will get a uh, buy in a six-team district. So, uh, you know, if can sna- uh, snag that two seed, they wouldn't play until the 29th of February on Thursday. That district, unlike the girls, which is a Harrisonville, the boys' district is being played at Pleasant Hill in Class 4, District 13. So that news will come out on Monday. We'll look forward to that, and we'll uh, go back and review it on next week's program, along with uh, Breakdown Carthage, and then – See what your possibilities are for your first round district contest. So appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the day off today, and uh, I guess uh, we'll see. We'll see you again until next Wednesday. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to the break, and uh, also looking forward to continuing the strong play. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Tiger head coach Sean Gray. We come back. A lot going on with the Nevada Tiger and Lady Tiger wrestling teams, and Ben Aberg is going to come back and cover that with both the head coaches. After this timeout on Tiger Talk. <laughs> 